this morning we're going to talk about the Ras that is found in River Jordan. In the second books of the Kings, in chapter 6, we have another epistle in the life of Elisha the prophet. It seems that everywhere Elisha goes, miracles seems to follow him. This morning you may ask, why miracles follow the lives of Elisha? The answer found in Mark 6 was confirming with signs following. The third sign there is miracles. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there will always be miracles. Miracles is a sign of God's presence. Miracle is an evidence of the existence of the supernatural. And if miracles is the evidence of the existence of the supernatural, The spirit world. It is alive. It is alive. And in verse 1, the scripture says, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, meaning, Yar is salvation. God was demonstrating to the nation of Israel through the life of Elisha that Yah is salvation and one form of the salvation of Jehovah God is miracles behold now the place where we dwell with the is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take hence every man a beam, and us make us a place there where we may dwell. He answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. Verse 4. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master! for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick, 
and cast it hither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee, and he put out his hand and took it. Verse 6 says, Elisha was a man of God. A man of God is somebody that brings the presence of God to whoever that may need Jehovah for help. That day, there was a miracle happen whereby a heavy object that fell into the river began to float back into the surface of the water. That was a miracle happened that day. A miracle of the special demonstration of the anointing of God. What is a miracle? A miracle is a manifestation of supernatural power in the natural realm. Or you can put it this way. A miracle is a supernatural impartation of a bit or tiny portion of God's omnipotence by His Spirit through a person. The author of Hebrews says miracles is actually tasting the powers of the world to come in Hebrews 6.5. When one receives a miracle from God, it is actually experiencing God's omnipotence or God's almightiness in moments of time. That is miracles. You know, miracles in the Bible stated in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as a phrase the working of miracles is in a plural form. Working of miracles. Because there are different kinds of miracles and there are variety of miracles. Because the God that we serve is a God of great variety. And miracles operate in five realms or five different areas. The first area that miracles may happen is called the transcending or superseding the natural laws. Example like the law of gravity. Second area where miracles can operate is in instantaneous miracles that points to the result of God's miraculous power. Creative miracles special demonstration of His anointing and performance of signs and wonders. The word miracle in the Greek is semion, S-E-M-E-I-O-N. Semion is the word for miracle or sign and wonders. We serve a God of signs and wonders as mentioned by Moses. So we serve a God of Se'i'on, the God of miracles. This morning, the God that you and I serve 
is a God of miracles. When we believe in God, we actually believe in miracles. Miracles is an heritage of every child of the living God. Do you know that the first miracle that happened in the Bible is in the book of Genesis chapter 1. The first creative miracle was when God spoke from His lips, Let there be light. The miracle came forth from the mouth of the Creator, initiated and operated through the laws of faith. The second dramatic miracle happened in Genesis chapter 2 when God breathed His breath into Adam. That was a special demonstration of His anointing. That a lump of clay, a, a lump of dust becomes a living being. There is a miracle. Adam was born out of a miracle. And Adam had a relationship with a God of miracles. When you are born again, there was the greatest miracle that you have ever experienced and received in your own life. In the Young's Analytical Concordance, miracles is defined as an English term, powers. So you can put it this way, to another was given the working of powers. And what powers comes from the Greek word, dunamis. Many times the Bible mentions miracles, actually in the Greek it says dunamis. Dunamis is the miraculous power of God. Dunamis means miracles. Dunamis means the ability of Jehovah God. So it is actually the working of powers or the workings of miracles or the workings of the ability of God. When you see a miracle, you are seeing the display of God's ability. God's ability in action to signify that our God is able. And in the, this Greek word for miracle, according to the Greek concordance, it means an explosion of almightiness. That means it's called the workings of the explosion of almightiness. Or the workings of His almightiness. The might of God in reality. The word working in the Greek is the word energio, where we have the word energy. Working means active, effectual energy. God's energy is always effectual and God's energy is always active. He's not dead. And the word was mentioned, the word working was mentioned in, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7. So in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, 
Apostle Paul mentioned in verse 7, Wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power. In the Greek is energia, E-N-E-R-G-E-I-A Energia, energia of his dunamis The energy, the energy of his dunamis Paul says, the reason I am standing before you as a minister of God Is because I do the works of God through a double dose of spirit energy when you have the Spirit of God, God will give you spirit energy to do His work. If the workings of miracles is the energies of Jehovah God, that means every time you witness a miracle, there are special energy in operation. And the greatest power in the whole universe is the power of God. But to man, the two most powerful source of energy known to man is actually fusion power or fission power. Fusion power creates the hydrogen bomb. Fission power produces the nuclear bomb. And the greatest power among these two is fusion power. Fusion power is the power of the energy of the sun. The sun's energy is based on fusion power. How fusion power is formed according to physics, he says that two hydrogen nucleus combined together form the helium nucleus and you have fusion energy. How energy is formed? How come? What? How to form this energy that is the greatest demonstration of energy that is known to man? Fusion energy. It is this. If you put it precisely in the physics, one tritium, T R I T I U M, which is one proton and two neutron. New, new, electron is not in working. Plus one deuterium, D E U T E R I U M. Combined together, the heavy hydrogen nucleus combined together, it forms the helium nucleus. And there you have a release of energy. It is called a release of ultra-mega nuclear fusion power. So there is a kind of power that we are talking about when we saw the demonstration of miracles. It is actually the greatest power in action. So if you are a a student of physics, you say the greatest power of fusion energy at work. The energy of God. When there is the Spirit of God, which is the dunamis of God, where the Spirit is, there is energy. And where there is energy, there is miracles. Therefore, we can expect to receive miracles every day of our lives. Answered prayers are miracles. This word dunamis. Because if you read 2 Kings chapter 6, just read through carelessly, 
You do not know actually what was actually in operation that day. That day was an operation of the working of miracles. So I'm trying to elaborate to let you see the complexity that was involved that day. What was the content of the substance that was at work? Was the substance of God's divine energy. And this word dunamis or miracles is translated in the King James Version at other times as the word might. Might. Let's turn to Colossians chapter 1 verse 11. In the book of Colossians chapter 1 in verse 11, Paul was uttering a spirit prayer to the church of Colossia, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. In the Greek is dunamo with all dunamine according to his glorious dunamis. Paul was praying that they will receive the energy of God within them. The energy that creates miracles, the energy can be stored in our spirit man that will strengthen us to work the works of God. And this same word might is mentioned also in the book of Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16. And many times Kenneth Hagen tells us that we can pray this spirit-filled, anointed prayers of the book of Ephesians. So among that prayer, one of those prayers in, his, in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16, he says this, that He would grant you, God longs to give you something. What is this something that God longs to deposit within you? That He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. It means to be kratos with dunamis by His dunamis in the inner man. Paul prayed that every one of you have spirit energy within your spirit man. Every one of you should carry a deposit of spirit energy, the dunamis, the might, inside you. The display of miracles is the outflow of the deposit of dunamis that is within your inner man. Every day we pray, God, give us your dunamis, the energy that creates the miracles. Let it flow and deposit within me that I may be strong and strengthened in the Lord. Therefore, when Elisha was performing a miracle, there is great deposits of dynamis power within his inner man. Whoever is strong has dynamis inside of him. So Paul prayed, and he says this, let me read back again, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. To be strengthened with dunamis by His Spirit. His Spirit brings forth the dunamis, the output 
of the Spirit, the outworking of the Spirit is dynamis or the energy. And the word for the output, the result of God's working in our inner life is dynamis or the word might. So I can put it this way. The working of miracles, the working of might. According to Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2, might is a spirit. And according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7, that the gifts of God, including the working of miracles, is a manifestation of the spirit. Therefore, the working of miracles is a manifestation of the supernatural power in the natural realm. It's the manifestation of God's dynamis. It's the manifestation of the spirit of might. It's a manifestation. When miracles happen, there is a manifestation of God's presence, which is God's energy in the atmosphere. Let's look at this spirit of might or the spirit of miracle or the spirit of dynamis in action in the Old Testament. So turn with me to the book of Judges first in Judges chapter 14 verse 6. In the life of Samson. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tear the goat apart. The Spirit of God comes mightily upon Samson is that spirit of might or the spirit of miracles or the spirit of dunamis. Therefore, when Elisha performed the miracle in 2 Kings chapter 6, it is the spirit of might came upon Elijah. It is the spirit of dunamis. It is the spirit of miracle that came upon his life. And to put it in modern charismatic term, it is the anointing. The anointing comes upon Samson. The anointing upon produce miracles. Because it's the working of dynamis. Dynamis refers to the Holy Spirit. It's the work of Holy Spirit. It's the work of God. Every miracle is the work of God. It's not the work of a man. It points to Jesus and bowing to the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit of God came in Judges chapter 14 verse 6, in Judges chapter 15 verse 14, mightily, and the word mightily, a chekwa, C-H-E-Z-Q-A-H, chekwa means a force of strength. In the Greek term, is dunamao, inner deposit of strength, that give him that ability, supernatural ability, supernatural strength, to perform a miracle that day. Why Elisha was able to perform the miracle? Because Elisha has the mantle. Elisha has an anointing upon abiding in his life 24 hours a day. 
because he wear that mantle. It is possible for a man to live 24 hours in the presence of God. He performed 14 miracles in his entire life. If you have the Holy Spirit, that will mean you actually have the dunamis. If you actually have the dunamis, you can actually perform miracles. The miracle ability resides within every believer. Miracles is not a far-fetched thing. Every believer can perform miracles. The wonder first Corinthians chapter 12 verse 29 he says they are workers of miracles if you walk in the presence of God you become a dynamo a dynamo that always creating divine energy to meet mankind's need you'll be one that perform miracles you'll be called a worker of miracles there are men and women once in a while turn to heaven and say, where is the God of Elisha and Elijah? Where is the God of miracles? There was once Washmani and one brother Wu, when he was in a little town preaching the gospel, in a book, sit, walk and stand, he suddenly looked to heaven and said, where is the God of Elijah? And he asked God for a miracle, because that day, in a few days' time, on the 11th of January, the people in that town, in every 286 years, they worship an idol god called Tawang. As a god, may there be rain that they cannot carry on that festival. And that day it rained. But the elders of the village or the town says, Oh, according to the calendar, it has postponed to 14. So watch many prayers. God, if you are the God of miracles, and it rain on 14th of January. And it rained. And everybody says, I believe that Tao Wang has lost his power. And a one by one flock to the meetings of Washmani. Hallelujah. You can be a worker of miracles if you believe in the miracle working God. There are four reasons why miracles happen in the lives of His people. Firstly, it is a proof of who He was and who He is. The nature of God is that He's a miracle-working God. Secondly, it is a proof of His existence in this part of the universe, that God is alive. Thirdly, it is a proof of His divine ability. Dunamis means ability. He's the God of all power. And fourthly, it also refers to His loving kindness. God performed a miracle to meet your need. It shows that He cares for you. He loves you. To look down from heaven and give you your needed miracles. Pastor, is really miracles meant for every believer? How is every believer should experience miracles in their lives? Yes. Because in Ephesians chapter 1, 
In this portion of the spirit prayer, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, Paul prayed that the eyes of the understanding may be flooded with light, that they may have a revelation, that they may understand the insight of the workings of God. And he says in verse 19, then what is the exceeding greatness of his dunamis? To ask what who believe according to the energizing of his mighty power. God wants you to know. The word know is Edo means to open your eyes to see, to have a vision that God's miracle working power can be deposited within you. That you can experience the exceeding greatness of his power to us with who believe. If you believe the exceeding greatness of his power will be demonstrated towards you. And miracles will happen in your life. According to one that believes, miracles happen. In this end time, we were going to believe in a God of miracles. Nothing short of that. We have to tell the world that He is not a whim. He is not a false God. He is a God of miracle working power. Let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. And let's begin our text now. And the sons of the prophets say unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. I want to emphasize that particular word, straight. That word straight literally means narrow or confined. The youth of today is saying within their heart, Life is too straight, too narrow. It restricts us. We are too confined. And we want to be liberated. So they spend hours and hours outside the house. They want to go out to work and then they say, Father, Mother, goodbye. I'm going to rent a room and be independent. For couples in marriage, life, they say, between both of us is too straight. Let's go for a divorce. It restricts both of us. I want to be liberated. There is a straightness that is positive, and there is a straightness that is negative. If you find that you are in a circumstances that's too straight, ask God whether that is what God is dealing with you in your own life, or are you trying to get out of God's dealing? In a positive side, Isaiah was speaking on behalf of God. And in this incident, it talks about life is too straight. In Isaiah chapter 49. And in beginning in verse 20, The children which thou shalt have 
after thou hast lost the other, say again in thine ear, The place is too straight for me. Give place to me that I may dwell. Then shalt thou say in thy heart, Who has begotten this, this saying, I have lost my children, and am desolate, a captive, and removing to and fro? And who has brought up these? Behold, I was left alone. These, where had they been? Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up my hand to the Gentiles, and set up my standard to the people, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. And kings shall be thy nursing fathers, and their queens thy nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee with their face towards the earth, and lick up the dust of thy feet, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord, for they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. Here, God says, the straightness that you experience in your own life is a sign of your barrenness. Sometimes you feel that life is too straight. It's because you're beginning to experience a dry season. Sometimes dry season, you'll find the dealings of God. Don't come out of that dry season. Let God deal with you. Don't come out of the straightness. A lot of people don't understand the ways of God. And they want to come out from the straightness. They say, it's too confined. Let us... Go to another place. They are general of this environment. Life which is straight can be a blessing to you. So here it was a blessing because they say, don't worry about this barrenness. I'm, I'm trying to draw from you a cry, a prayer. And since you have prayed to me, I will answer you because I will bring forth great evangelism. My name will be revealed to the Gentiles and many, many children will be born again into my kingdom and whoever that call upon me will know that I am a God that is alive and I will not disappoint them so here is a positive straightness so look at your own life do you sometimes complain to one another do you sometimes complain to each other or to God life is too strained I think I made a mistake. I'm now in this job or in this place. Life is too straight. Think twice. It may be that you are experiencing a dry season. Life is not too straight. You say, why? Because the straighter, the better. Why, Lord? Why you say that, Pastor? Let's turn to Matthew chapter 7 to find out the answer from our Lord Jesus Christ. In the book of Matthew chapter 7, in verse 13 and 14 Enter ye in at the straight gate For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction And many there be which go in therein Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads unto life Life is straight is good so that you have no loose living. So that you don't live your life carelessly. So that God can deal with you, can empty your vessel. So that God can break you. Life is straight is good because straight is the way and narrow is the gate that leads to life. Whoever among us who wants to partake 
the life of God have to go through a life of straightness. And the scriptures say, few there be that find it. May you be that few that find the way to life. Let's turn back to 2 Kings chapter 6 again. In verse 5, But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. The axe head fell into the waters. And I was preparing this sermon. God says, Collect the attention of the word head. Axe head, the word head. H-E-A-D. Literally means our brain, our head. And God says, The head has fallen. Talks about your soul has fallen. Every mind of every mankind, the mind of every mankind, has been in a fallen state. The mind of mankind is darkened. Our soul is polluted. Our soul needs regeneration, needs salvation, needs renewal. Our head has fallen. And God longs that our mind be renewed. God longs that you will treasure the Word of God that will able to renew your mind. When a head falls, you become below and not above. You lose the blessings of Deuteronomy chapter 28. And the soul is found in the holy place. Holy place. We mentioned for two weeks on Friday. Holy place. God wants our mind to be holy. God wants our thought life to be clean and in a state of holiness. How about your head this morning? Is it still in the unrenewed, fallen state? Or you are seeking for the renewal of your mind? Do you care only for your body? What kind of dress you wear? What kind of paint you paint on your face? Or are you caring for your head? Your head is important to God. Your soul is vitally important. So why has the head fall? Ephesians 4.18 says, When a man is alienated from the life of God, the mind is darkened. When you have an unrenewed mind, it shows that you lack the life of God in your soul. And the life of God can be only received through the Word. We need life in our mortal body, we need the life of God in our soul. We need the dunamu in our spirit. It's very important. Do you long for life in your soul? Or you want to walk as mere carnal man? Then he says, The axe head fell into the waters. And the Lord highlight the word water. You know, this water is in the river Jordan. Jordan is about 359 kilometers and it winding to and fro, meandering around along the coast from the Sea of Galilee down into the Dead Sea. So it meanders and goes turn, twist and turn at every corner. So because of every twist and turn, the waters, although the Sea of Galilee is fresh water, when it comes to the River Jordan, it becomes muddy 
waters. And God tells me, tell them, if their soul is not renewed, their head fell into muddy waters. When you think an unclean talk, thought, you are drinking muddy waters. If your mind is polluted, you are drinking muddy waters. If your mind is not thinking on God, you are not drinking fresh waters. Many of you, your head are still in the water. Many of you are still dwelling in muddy waters. And God longs for you, according to James, to dwell in fresh waters. Do you want to be in a state of muddiness, uncleanness? Then renew your mind. Wash your mind with the water of the Word. When the axe fell, and the Lord said, fell, and the Lord said this, when my people backslide, when my people fall away from the life of God, they will fall into muddy waters. When you become lukewarm, you walk away from the life of God, instead of drawing near in fellowship with Him, you are experiencing muddy waters. Many of you feel dry now, and you don't understand things that happen in your life. Things is it's not going smooth because you are tasting muddy waters. And I'm speaking to you this morning. I'm supposed to preach on worship. The Lord says, speak on this message. Tell them, don't drink muddy waters anymore. And God began to say this. As the axe, iron axe head fell to the waters, according to chemistry, according to the laws of science, when iron meets water, it rusts. Rust is formed to water, dissolve air in the water. If you have salt, even worse. So when the iron axe head fell into the water, it rusts. God says to you this morning, many of you are rusting. Your axe head has fallen and you're accumulating rust in your body, accumulating rust in your soul and you're accumulating rust in your spirit. You're rusting but not living. It's time to remove the rust on your iron axe head. You are corrupted, corroding. Remove that rust. How to remove that rust? Get that iron out of the water. If the iron still remains in the water, you will remain rusting from day by day. Rusting from month to month. Rusting from year to year. And rusting all the way until Jesus comes. Until you get out of the waters of muddiness. What is your life now? If your life is still in a state of pollution, you rust. Anything that don't have the life of God, you'll begin to rust. What is rust, Pastor? And the Lord begins to speak. When a person rusts, rust, it means that they have lost the iron axe head. When a person begins to rust, they lost the cutting edge. And God is speaking to so many of you this morning. You have lost your iron axe head. You have lost the cutting edge. That man that cut the tree, that iron axe head dropped. They can make noise, but they cannot cut. It's not sharp anymore. They lost the cutting edge. Many of you lost the cutting edge in the spirit. Many of you become mere men. You are laborers Christians. But you're not walking with God. In your whole life, 
Right now, you're not walking with God. Every day, God is not in your life, in your timetable. God is only in your leftover time. You lost the cutting edge. Your iron exit has fallen. Look at your life. You lost the cutting edge. You no longer hunger for God. You no longer hunger for His presence. You no longer hunger for the Lord's coming. You no longer hunger for souls. You lost the cutting edge. One of them says it was borrowed. Shire is a word ask or demand, not, not a word borrow. We have borrowed from God a good clean conscience. Have you lost it? God has given to you faith. Have you lost it? God has given you love. Romans 5, shed abroad in his heart by the Holy Ghost. Have you lost it? God has given you his presence. Have you lost it? God has given you his anointing. Have you lost it? Have you lost something that God has given you? And you want to put it more precisely, have you lost the life of God? In the book of 1 John, whoever sinned loses the life of God. And they say, may they pray that life be restored back to the person. Many of you are losing the life of God. And yet you are sitting in the church, not doing something about it. If this morning you wake up with a severe fever, hot temperature, and you pop into Panadol, but something goes wrong with your soul, you don't bother. Something goes wrong with your spirit condition, you don't bother. You let it continue to rust day after day, hour after hour, months after months. You have lost that cutting edge. That iron exhale is no longer with you. Do you realize it? If you're on your cutting edge, you'll be out there witnessing for Jesus. You'll be talking to each other more about the Lord than about things in this world. If you're on a cutting edge, you'll be every day designing the presence of God. Don't rust anymore. Pastor, today I acknowledge I lost that cutting edge. I lost that iron axe head. And my life is rusting. What to do? Then follow the prescription of Elisha. In 2 Kings, when they lose it, this was the reply of Elisha, the man of God. said, Where did it fall? If you drop a coin, let's say at the right end of this room, if you want to find a coin, you have, go back, you have to go back to the same place where you drop it. Where do you lose your iron exhale? Where do you lose that first love for Jesus? Where do you lose your hunger for God? Where do you lose the sense of righteousness, a clean conscience? You begin to go back to where you first started to sin, first started to walk away from the fellowship of God. Go back to the place and repent and say, Lord, I miss you in this place. I miss you because of this situation. And I repent. Until you repent, there will be no miracle. So they have to go back to the same place. They say, Elisha, this is the place that I dropped my iron axe head. Where is the place that you lost the anointing, the presence of God? When you lose the anointing and the presence of God in your life, it is registered on your forehead, Ikabor. The glory of God has departed. Many do not long for the glory. But I'm telling you, in this end time, Romans 8 says, the manifestation of the sons of God is to experience the glory of God. 
you know, an iron axe head is fixed to a handle, a wooden handle, by a wedge. W-E-D-G-E. The wedge is to hold the iron axe head and the handle together. Sometimes the wedge is too tight because it's to hold the iron axe head firmly upon the handle. Sometimes you feel that life is too tight. I want to get out of this tightness. This church is too restrictive. Too strict. My parents is too strict with me. I want to get out of this hitch. You get out of this strictness and ran into looseness. You lose your iron exhale. Sometimes strictness is good for your soul. Discipline. Keep it tight. Self-discipline. Where do you lose it? If you lose it, what happened? You no longer can cut down wood. If you lose your cutting edge this morning, you no longer can cut wood. You no longer can go on to evangelism. You cannot go up to the mountain, Haggai wanted, and bring wood. A lot of you are not doing evangelism because you lose your iron axe head. Pastor, I don't, I don't like to go evangelism. You lose your iron axe head. You lose your cutting edge. That's what you tell me. Please don't tell me you're revealing to me your condition. You lost the iron axe head. The cutting edge. But the good news is this. The gospel is always good news. If you lose it, you can get it back. If you lose it, you can get it back. Every impossibility can be a possibility through Christ. Every impossibility can be a possibility through Christ. Pastor, you don't understand my situation. The reason why I lose my exit is because of this reason. It's impossible to get it back. You don't know what I did that caused me to lose this iron exit. It's impossible to get it back. Then can I ask you, can an iron exit float to the surface? It's impossible. According to the laws of gravity, the heavy object would go right down to the bottom of the river. But it floats up. Every impossibility can be possibility. How? Elisha gathered a stick. And the stick there is ETS. ETS. It means a branch. And he get a branch and touch the water with the branch. That impossibility now becomes a possibility. What does the branch represent? Zechariah 3 says what? The branch is Jesus Christ. In Genesis, Exodus chapter 15, when he experienced the beetle waters, Moses took a branch, a stick, and put it into the waters. It's not a sugar cane I put in water and it becomes sweet. It is representing Jesus Christ. Touching the water, it becomes sweet. Your impossibility has already been met in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ took your sins, took your mistakes, took the place where you lost it. It's hung on the cross that you may get it back. The good news is this story doesn't end with the losing of the exit. This story ends with you getting your exit back. How do you get it back? The prophet says, you go and reach out your hand and get it. The prophet didn't get it for him. The man had to get it himself. If you lose it, you cannot ask your pastor to get it for you. You have to get it back. You don't ask your friend to get it. The one that loses it has to be the one that get it back. You have to come to a place of repentance and ask God to restore it back to you. God cares for your loss. God knows your need. 
you lost that anointing, lost that present, that cutting edge, God wants to give it back to you. Our God is a God of restoration. And God is asking for you. Do you know that you lost your cutting edge? Do you know that you lose your iron exit? Do you know that you are rusting? It's time to get out of the waters. Don't let the iron exit that you lost dwell in that muddy waters of Jordan anymore. Get it out. If not, you are just a stick, a handle, making a lot of noise, but it's not effective in the kingdom of God. It's time to get it back. It's time to ask God, God, I'm going back to the place where I miss it and I repent. The thing that caused me to lose that presence, I repent. It's time for repentance. It's time for every one of you get back the cutting edge and begin to cut wood and bring back souls for the kingdom of God. And that is what this coming church camp is all about. To bring you back to a place as a builder. Evangelism. Let's pray. Hallelujah. This morning, God has spoken to you. And if you know it in your heart, this morning, why don't you acknowledge that you lose that iron axe head? Why don't you acknowledge that you are rusting? Why don't you acknowledge that you lose your cutting edge? And say, Lord, I miss it. And I long to get it back. I long to get it back. Forgive me. I long for the iron axe head again in my life. I long to be a sharp instrument for the kingdom of God. Do you desire that? If you desire, just say quietly to the Lord right now. All over this place, say quietly to the Lord. And say, God, I long for the iron axe head back. I do not want to dwell in the muddy waters anymore. I don't want to accumulate rust in my life anymore. Lord, I'm asking for a miracle. If you can create a miracle for that person, you can create a miracle for me. Ask God to restore you. And once you're restored, don't go back to the muddy waters anymore. Pastor, I want that miracle to happen. That branch was near the river where they lost it. The branch is near where you lost your cutting edge. The branch is near where you lost your iron exit. The branch is near you. Just take the branch and say, Lord, bring forth this miracle. Jesus Christ can bring it back for you. Hallelujah. God can restore you. Jesus. Father, this morning, as we gather in your presence, as a whole church, Father, give us back that iron exhale. Restore the cutting edge back into our life and remove every corruption, every rust from our life. Father, we repent of our lukewarmness. We repent of living a mediocre life. Only looking forward for a Sunday service, but not looking forward to your presence every day of our life. We have kicked you out of our experience and out of our life. Lord, we miss you. And Father, we ask for your forgiveness. Heal our soul and heal our spirit. May 
your dunamis come back to our spirit man that we may be strong again Father Father we repent in your presence Father we know why we lost the cutting edge Lord because we have missed your presence we long for the things of the world more than the things of God and Father we desire to have our iron axe hit back